Wait, we have DJs here. Why are we using this old music again? Yeah, good point. Let's hear a clip of Vulnerability by Dana. Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia and Ellie, and we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Saudi American and a lesbian. I'm bi trans Lebanese, and we are recording in Texas with Soraya. Uh huh. And I <laughs> and we are recording remotely. Where are you two right now? We're in Chicago. Both of our guests are DJs. They're musicians. They are amazing. And I can't wait to ask them stuff. So thank you both so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. Excited. So we have Soraya and we have Ayn and they have rhyming DJ names. Can you let people know what it is? What they are? Uh, we are Dana Wafana. So yeah. <laughs> That's us. Fana Wadana, Dana Wafasta. Yeah, either way. We kind of like, I was like, I used to go by Soraya um, as like my moniker for DJing and making music. Yeah. And then I just felt like I wanted to change that because it was just one of those things, you know, like when you want to get a new haircut or something, like that's kind of what I felt like. And so I was like texting Ayn and I was like, oh, like I'm between two names, like, you know, Dania is, like, so cool, and it pretty much means, like, only God can judge you, and, like, that's so sick, but also, like, Dana means, like, this crazy thing about a pearl, and, like, also being wise, and I was like, well, TBH, like, I want us to rhyme, so. Yeah, like, yeah, go with the one that rhymes. Yeah, like... yeah definitely. Yeah. Oh, I love how, I love it, that it works so well, and it's so cool that you're both on the podcast together, like. Yeah, that's, like, last minute but at the same time like it's, yeah like much appreciated yeah oh yeah no it's it makes it's amazing it, I mean, I, we, I had love to, it. we had to rush and clear it with our staff yeah we had to check with all of our <laughs> staff <laughs> <laughs> it was such a pain <laughs> you... oh, no. thank you so much for yeah, fitting right. us in of course <laughs> our busy so schedule fun. all the staff that is involved <laughs> so <laughs> um oh so yeah can you both talk about your backgrounds like what i guess flavor of middle eastern are you or arab are you and then like also um just like where you grew up where you're based that kind of thing yeah what's your deal okay well <laughs> is um i grew up in louisiana in like the deep south so but that is pretty interesting and definitely a big part of me, but um, my dad is Lebanese and so I'm half Lebanese. Um, and I connect with that as much as I can from over here. Um, yeah, I've been to Beirut like three times and I love it so much. And yeah, it's definitely a big influence in like the music that I make and the way that I like see the world and the way that I am like who I am as a person, even though like I've never lived over there, I've never been over there, but you know, like just being connected with like my grandmother used to come visit like six months out of the year, like every year. So yeah, it's just like a definitely a big part of who I am. Yeah. But mixed with the deep south, it's like very interesting. <laughs> it's a very interesting combination. Yeah. Um yeah. I, and I, I know there are some overlaps. There's like, both are very big on hospitality, like both cultures, like yeah. the, the South and, and yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Totally. There's 
like the traditional like sitting in the sitting in the living room or in the parlor and just like having some tea like mm-hmm. that's totally like having some coffee and just like chatting and just be like going uh, for six but... hours of that <laughs> yeah seriously i went to beirut with my dad last year it was like just him and i and i spent the majority of my time sitting in parlors drinking turkish coffee listening to all my family gossip in arabic and i didn't know what on but i was just like this is kind of nice i could literally just do this for a while it's just like familiar like whatever yeah yeah i totally get that it's like at the moment it feels like you're not really doing anything and then in, after that when you think back on it you're like this is one of my best memories yeah it's just comforting it's a comforting thing even though it can be kind of boring just like oh i don't mind it it's comforting yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, and? Um, And so I grew up in, I was born in Staten Island. I grew up bouncing between, like, Staten Island and Brooklyn, Queens, and I went to high school on Long Island and had jobs in Manhattan. I, like, just all over the boroughs aside from the Bronx. I don't know why, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, And my family is, like, very convoluted. Um... I'm Kurdish, like, so my mom's dad is Kurdish, and they went to Italy um, from Kurdistan, so they converted religions, they, like, assimilated to the culture, and then they came here. Wow. And then I have, like, Moroccan on, like, my grandma's side, my mom's mom, Um, and that's, like, acknowledged to the point of just being like, yeah, Southern Italians are really Arab, aren't they? But, like, not that kind of Arab, like not not the not the bad ones. Like we're like the good ones because we're bad. Unless, unless you talk to a northern Italian, in which case they're just like everything south of Rome is Arab and disgusting. But I digress. <laughs> um, so being like part Italian, like my family was like able to like assimilate to that culture enough to just like slip under the radar as Kurds. Yeah. Um, but I'm ruining that for all of them. Good. So Good job. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those pendulum type things. It's like one generation might try to suppress it. The next one is like, you know what? Let's talk like, about this. Yeah, exactly. Like, actually, like, I have a lot of connections to this that, like, make sense and, like, would have made more sense had I known more about it when I was, like, seven and getting, like, treated, like, like a dog by our like northern Italian neighbors who like yeah. knew stuff, but just like didn't like pry into it. Like, um, so it's just very like convoluted in terms of like how everyone in my family identifies. Right. Like, um, I since they're all Catholic, like I'm the only Muslim, and like they all know that I'm queer, but think that I'm, like, a cisgender lesbian mm-hmm. who dates cisgender women. So, like, being non-binary, like, it just doesn't, I don't know, it's, like, not a thing. Like, Are you ever yeah. going to have that conversation with them? Do you think you ever could? Have you ever? Yeah. I, I guess, have. Yeah. Yeah, I've tried, and, like, a lot of the time it's met with, like, well, you know, like, you wear a hijab, and, like, you, like, present as, like, a woman, so, like, and, like, you're not gonna, like, 
you're not gonna like go on testosterone are you which like i'm just like maybe bitch like i don't know right (laughs) you're like what's it to you like i'll do it i yeah like what is it to you um yeah wow right exactly yeah i'm sorry and like a lot of them are really weirded out about like my kind of like not like i think they see it as like an infatuation with like the middle east in general which to them is like really scary because they're like assimilated to like like mediterranean culture that only views like the middle east as like 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 syria on Mm -hmm. kind of like don't like turkey as the middle east don't really see lebanon as the middle east like see like israel or whatever like the lebanese are fine with that we're french anyway (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah like (laughs) for european so so do turks yeah (laughs) well even like my saudi relatives like i have some cousins who have visited lebanon a bunch of times and they they talk about it like it's a different continent they're like yeah, it's so sophisticated, and they say it's so European and stuff, so. And that's what I've heard about, like, Turkey, too, because, like, my my family is from, like, um, like Turkish-occupied Kurdistan, and, like, from what I know about, like, everyone, like, like just, like, a lot of people in, like, Istanbul and, like, cities like that are just, like, they're, like, we're European. Like, we're not, we're not, like, those Middle Easterners. We're and you're, like, like, you're literally mostly in Asia. Like, <laughs> Like, you're making your coffee in, like, hot dirt. Like, <laughs> literally, yeah. like, coffee in, like, hot sand. You can't tell me that, like, you're not Middle Eastern. Like, <laughs> right. And it's just funny when it's, like, you're you're technically on the Asian continent. I mean, a, a small part of Turkey, yes, is in Europe. But it's, like, and it's just so funny to me. Same with, like, Lebanon. It's technically in Asia, but it, there's this perception of it being like very european and stuff and it's i know it's a lot of it is from colonization and and the cultural adoption yeah yeah my family like specifically like they adopt that so hard i mean like they just they you know none of them wear hijabs like and they're all muslim but they like they look down on people who do and it's just a it's very old-fashioned way of thinking and it's like super european it's like super french and yeah it's definitely I would say like mediterraneanized yeah is like a word that i've used yeah. for because i feel like a lot of the times like when like people are like talking about areas like that they're like oh it's the mediterranean yeah like it's not the middle east it's the mediterranean which like makes it like somehow okay but it's so crazy because lebanon is just like one of the oldest countries in the middle east it's like it's yeah like it's like literally where like so many things started for like this whole region. So it's just like, okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Syria and Lebanon. I mean, that history is so, the roots are so, so deep. And it's yeah. like, how can you deny this? Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. And like Saudi, I feel like Saudi Arabia had more movement and stuff, but now it's like a very, tribal like there's a mentality of like keep everything in your tribe and like this is where our roots are and this is where we're from but it's like kind of the opposite where the levant area i feel like has deeper roots in a way in like many ways mm-hmm. um, so backwards in ways yeah it really is it's really interesting um and i don't know i think it's really telling too how 
in I know a lot of this is Islamophobia in the U.S. Like that's a huge part of it. But like how uh, Lebanese or some other restaurants will call themselves Mediterranean just to appeal to customers, which I've noticed. Yeah, and it's sad that people have like feel the need to have to do that because of the Islamophobia and like anti Middle East sentiment in the U.S. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never want to call a Lebanese restaurant a Lebanese restaurant. It's like a Greek Lebanese restaurant. I'm like, this doesn't even make sense in my mind. <laughs> Why do we like have like euros here? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, it's not. There's no no. Like the worst offender, I think, was like this Greek Italian Lebanese fusion. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> that's like that's like my family. Like, Mozzarella like, does stop. not belong near anything like Lebanese. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> those things like don't combine. Like there's something in. Tell that to my very assimilated family. <laughs> my, I probably make like canepa with like mo- mozzarella. Like, oh my god! Not, okay, I, I would that. try that. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I actually, actually yeah, no, that actually. Part of me is like I would try it, but then I would. Part of me is like, no, fuck this. I'm walking out. The interview over. I I know. Okay. I'm okay. so conflicted between like. Ooh, fusions are so cool because, you know, it kind of reflects, sometimes it really reflects someone's family, but sometimes the fusions are just made to appeal to customers. Right, exactly. It's like appeal to like white people who like don't yeah. realize like these things don't get mixed. Even in like family, like all it reminds me of as someone who is like both like Middle Eastern and Italian is like, it just like reminds me of being called like like the Italian equivalent of like the n-word when I was little and just being like so like uncomfortable like okay like this this shouldn't mix like we just shouldn't like I just I'm gonna stay away from these people like I don't know it just brings up instead of being like this is so cool it's like this might be triggering like I don't really know if I want this yeah I don't know if I want in my like falafel like yeah and might not be a thing. Yeah, just the red sauce and all that. We just the red gravy. Well, I mean, well, the, the red, the, the gravy. The gravy. Okay, so like in Italy, it's yeah, actually I, not yeah. really a thing. It's really not. It's really not a thing. Gosh, every Italian person I've ever because known Italian always Americans, talks about the gravy. Italian Americans are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it here first. Italian Americans are stupid. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about Italians now. This is what it's like to talk to Ayn and I. Like, yeah, like I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, this is amazing. I, you two are. Yeah, I love, I love these tangents so much. I go on them all the time. (laughs) This podcast is literally. It's like a series of tangents. A series of tangent that was started by a tangent. This is basically a uh, almost a year old tangent. This has not stopped. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Okay. So you are both. DJ. So, like, I guess, when did you both start getting into that? Um, I started when I was still living in Baton Rouge, like, before I even moved to New Orleans. Baton Rouge is, like, the capital of Louisiana. It's, like, an hour away from New Orleans for anyone who needs a reference point. Um, yeah, and I was just at the end of my time in college, and it wasn't anything serious. It was just, like, me, like, making playlists and, like, playing them from, like, virtual DJ for people. And then when I moved to New Orleans, I started like throwing parties with a few of my friends who were artists and I was basically like the DJ and we would like create these like concept parties and like have this whole theme. Like we had this series of parties called Rhinestone Rodeo and it was basically exactly what the name is. You just dress up in like a ridiculous like rodeo. 
rodeo themed like outfits. (laughs) And um, then we had this like Shania Twain like pinwheel like or like kind of like a like a wheel of fortune wheel that you just like you like roll wheel and like you have to play a game. It's just like really ridiculous, like really ridiculous. Um, Nothing serious at all, (laughs) but it was like really fun. And I also threw a party like right before I moved called like night moves. And that was like a little more serious with like two of the same people that I was working with before with like way more like interactive, like concepts um, where you could like sit in a, in a pile of Orbeez and like listen to music and like listen to techno and like all these different rooms you could go into and stuff. And so that kind of like really, like after I did that, that kind of like really inspired me to like keep going and like, yeah, so when I moved to Chicago, I basically moved here because Chicago is like, I was really into house music at the time, and Chicago is like the mecca for house music. And so, yeah, and so I've just been kind of trudging along, like trying to get my act together here in Chicago ever since. So, making music and like, I played in Cleveland for like Ein's party, and then like, them and I just basically like hit it off from there. So, yeah. That's awesome. By the way, could you define house music for me? I am a little less than familiar with it. Now I hate it. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Could you define house music for us? Oh, okay, yeah, totally. House music is, um, it started in Chicago. The roots of it are in disco. And it's kind of like disco meets like more electronic beats. And yeah, so, and there's like lots of different variations. There's deep house, there's like gospel house, there's, there's like acid house. acid house, which is like pretty much huge. my favorite. Yeah, yeah. And that's huge in Chicago because it like originated. Yeah, yeah. Chicago Acid House is like what I think of when I think of like the defining sound of Chicago. Yeah, it totally is. And that's basically just when you hear like a crazy acid line over some like really hard house beats and all four four by four beats, like they call it like four on the floor. And so, yeah, Um, it's just like really, really energetic music. And if it's not Acid House and it's like Chicago House with like really amazing like vocals vocals, on top of on top of it yeah you'll have uh this like crazy singing on top of like energetic beats and it's just like it'll like send you into a high like listening to the right dj playing the right records it can like take you like very like entrancing yeah very yeah so when i first moved he went to queen which is like a party that happens like every sunday i was just like and i'd gone to queen or i'd heard of queen before i moved and like when i visited i didn't ever get to go so it was like the first thing i did when i moved and it basically just like it's just like made my dreams and like I was just like oh my god this is exactly why I moved here and I was just like <laughs> I'm freaking out and yeah anyways I digress it's like and after being here for almost two years it's like definitely like I'm definitely still very much into acid house and like house music but I also play like a lot of electro I also throw dubkey beats in there as much as possible I play a lot of just like acid music and like I'm really into trance like from like the 90s now oh, oh my god yes oh my god amazing <laughs> yeah nice. um, we make a playlist for all of that that yes <laughs> oh my god that sounds amazing i love that you throw in the dopka influence too yeah definitely me is so similar to acid music especially if you listen to like yeah. the most popular one i guess would be omar Sullivan, and then like and then the impossible curd is actually someone that i like turned me on to and that is like omar's oh, wow. Rizan Said. Rizan Said. His yeah. song is like the impossible curve. But yeah. Um, oh. Rizan Said is like Omar Suleiman's keyboardist. And like, there's the stuff he plays. It sounds like an acid line that you'd hear like in a 
right. in an acid house track. Like it's, but it's literally it's wedding music. Yeah, like it's wedding literally music. wedding music, like Syrian wedding music. I'm like, I want to like, crash a wedding. Like, oh my like, god, and they just fucking go crazy. They're just like, oh my god, this is like I never heard this. Like this is at a carnival or something. You're bringing that's so cool. You're bringing culture to Chicago. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah we're. There's a lot of really good, um, there's other, like, a few other, like, really good, like, artists from, like, Lebanese here, too, that, um, yeah. have a lot of, like, good influence, bringing, like, sounds of the tabla to, like, their experimental tracks and stuff like that. Chicago's is super interesting in a lot of ways with, like, the way that people, like, put parts of themselves into their music. That's awesome. I, um, I used to live yeah. in Chicago, and I really wish I'd spent, I'd gotten to spend more time there, because I, I mean, the music scene is just out of this world from what I hear, but I, like, I didn't really get involved in it. Yeah. So, um, uh, oh, and Ayn, your so, turn. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like my, like, it's not as, like, intricate or, like, I was a, in, like, New York City. I was just, like, a crust punk who, like, secretly listened to electronic music because all of my friends thought it was really lame. Mm-hmm. And, like, if it didn't have D-beats, like, it was just, it was, like, not worth listening to. Like, and so, like... I really, really liked, uh, like, synthwave and, like, minimal synth and stuff like that and, like, darkwave. And so, like, I started out kind of, like, really, like, getting into that, like, in my, like, later teens. And then, like, from, like, the punk scene, I kind of, like, once I moved to Cleveland, I, like, figured out the punk scene that I had known in New York that was, like, really shitty and um, had, like, a lot of flaws like, the, the things that I found inspiring about it were being done by, like, these, like, queer and trans people, like, doing it with, like, electronic music. And so I was like, all right, like, instead of, like, a bunch of people, like, getting together and just, like, kind of, like, being angry that, like, we're, like, really marginalized or, like, a lot of the time with punks, it's, like, just, like, fucking white dudes, like, being angry at, like, their dads, which, like, <laughs> it, um... Like, this actually seemed like it was, like, a productive way of going about all of that. Like, like taking those feelings and instead of, like, feeding into them with, like, resentment, it sounds cheesy. It was, like, doing something, like, taking that and, like, like flipping it around and, like, doing something for the community. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got into, like, DJing was, like, through, like, my friend's party uh, called In Training, which is in Cleveland. And, um, and then, like a year or so after like hanging out with them and like going to like their parties and stuff I started DJing and then like literally like two weeks after I started DJing I was like I'm gonna throw a party (laughs) and so I did and it was a two-year uh thing that I did um called Disco Paradiso and it started as like I wanted it to just be like a sweaty, like gross paradise garage, but in a punk bar kind of thing. And it was like, it, it, it worked out as like a sweaty little like gross disco party for a while, like a little like Italo disco kind of night. And then like, after a while I was like, well, like this one genre is like boring. And like, if I'm gonna keep up with this theme of kind of like sweaty underground of like Ibiza, or like some <sighs> shit like that, or like like Barcelona or something like that. Then like I have to add in like all the things of color that those scenes kind of bastardize in a way, but not bastardize it. Yeah. I started kind of like um, 
getting more involved in like playing like freestyle which is a genre of latinx music uh that i like grew up with in new york city from there i was able to like incorporate more arabesque stuff in there and then like after a while i was just like yeah fuck it we're listening to arab music for love it i love the progression and that (laughs) energy the energy that you must feel in throwing a party and having it be your mixes your music that must be really out out of this world that and i also kind of love that the longer you do it the less fucks you give about you know being experimental and it's kind of nice yeah letting go kind of um and like the transitions that i've gone through like musically and like as a dj in the past like couple years it's been been fun like yeah good experience that's the fun thing about djing is that you're never gonna be like oh i figured it all out and now it's like easy and i can do it it's like djing is like always pretty hard like you know like you're just always trying to teach yourself new new ways and Mm -hmm. better ways to present what you want to present and also like your mood's gonna change you just play through all these different genres nothing's ever gonna stick really just definitely get more into a way of like what you sound like your sound just like exactly you kind of like chisel away and like yeah Yeah. it's like super exciting to where that goes it's like super fun is what looking back at like my old mixes and going through the mm-hmm. like, time period of like, yeah. like my diesel cast and stuff like that yeah. to like the last one that I did like I'm just I like this this is an interesting <laughs> progression the like progression like, yeah it's super interesting when I listen to my old mixes sometimes I'm just like Bleh, I hate all this music now but sometimes I mean, yeah, I'm just same. like or I'm just like please take your hand off of the filter knob <laughs> yeah. like when you're like mixing a track in like what are you doing yeah what totally. what is the filter knob what do you mean there's a way like when I was like a beginner DJ like I was just like obsessed with like putting like the filter like it would be like, like it's just oh, like oh I got you little like kind of whooshy effect over the track and then I would like mix another track I have a little mix where literally all of that in like every like song transition and it makes me so angry but it'll make your track it'll make a song sound like it's going through a tunnel or yeah or it'll make it sound like when you like put newspaper around your mouth and you start talking and you just make it like smaller and smaller and smaller yeah, yeah. so it's either like or it's like getting like thinner and thinner and thinner it's like it's like <laughs> oh my god i love how you were able to vocalize that that was amazing you should have seen it that was, that was a great demonstration yeah that's like exactly that sounds like oh i mean god. i used to use the filter knob a lot too when i was first djing especially when i when i first started djing i djed a lot of disco and Same, i was super is, in, yeah yeah and i was super into disco i'm still really into like italo disco and like funk and all that stuff and boogie like definitely super into like japanese boogie and city yeah. pop but like that stuff is really hard to dj like in a way that's you can mix one song to the other so you like use a filter knob to make it sound like you're actually like, doing something like, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah instead of you just throwing a track into another track now what i've kind of just learned to do instead of playing like italo disco like i'll play like turkish funk or like turkish disco or something like that and like none of that is in a quantized four four drum beat it's all like live drums yeah so i'll just be like yep yeah, well this song's ending this song's starting like, yeah djing is a constant learning learning thing like yeah. you're just always learning you're like you're never gonna be like totally got it I yeah. mean, you'll definitely. and if you think you have then like you're dead wrong exactly well and it sounds like you really have to read the crowd too that's another yeah, that's big another- ass that's like, actually probably the hardest thing. Crowds change, and you could have this whole set list planned in your head of like, oh, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna do this in order, and this, that, and the other, and then like get there, play a track, and the cat, like the crowd, like goes like wild for like that track, and then you have to like play all of these other tracks that kind of match that one because it was the one that yep. like held people yep. in the crowd. Like it 
It's a pile of anxiety. Yeah, right. <laughs> that just sounds like a panic attack for me. It, it can be. If it you're definitely like, can be. It definitely teaches you to just like be ready. I mean, like, I'm yeah. just the type of person that just collects a lot of digital files. If, since I play digitally, it's just really easy for me to do that. And that can make it easier or harder depending on how you organize your music. But just from, coming from that experience of like, wow, this one track is so amazing. So I'm like, let me just like try to find ways that like if this track was on, I could like continue this vibe or like right change it or how i can make this track go into like another track i want to play that might not be the same thing it's definitely a crazy tug and pull it's yeah of, i don't know what's the fucking phrase it yeah. reminds me of her, we were watching uh an uncle Boom interview last night <laughs> yeah 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 and um it was pretty it was bad but like, like the questions were just the interviewee or the interviewer sorry the interviewer was really just asking stupid <laughs> questions but like there's the like the interviewer like focusing on the fact that um uncle zoom like doesn't tell people or like never like told people what she was gonna play like when she like got on stage like and she was like explaining it of like i always do things in the moment because i never know how like the environment is gonna be and like i never know how like the people are gonna be and you know like stuff like that and it like kind of like reminded me of djing where it's like all right like i said like you could go in there with like a planned thing and like in the moment like it could just be different like change yeah in a second totally it's definitely a stressful part of it because you never really know what's gonna happen but yeah. you just kind of gotta go in there knowing that you've practiced and that like you know your music it's all about knowing right, your it's music. all about knowing your tracks don't too. yeah that it's all you've got to listen to your music and you got to practice it and you got to sit there and listen to the whole track yeah even if it's like a seven minute long you gotta listen because they might know what's gonna happen five minutes in there might be some shit where you're like oh no 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 but yeah yeah Right. <laughs> yeah well i think Amazing. yeah and it sounds like through more and more experience and building yeah. on what you have i guess it's more you're more prepared for these spontaneous oh shit let me change directions here right yeah and it's like it's fun once you get the hang of that too once you get that that crowd like right and you like do it right it's like the best feeling in the it, world yeah <laughs> it's like amazing but yeah just watching people move to your music and get so energized from it it, it must be really cool it must feel rewarding it's just fun to share music. I mean, a lot of like the passion that I have for it, it comes from the part of me that wants to share music. Yeah, same. Like, I, and I want people to dance to it the way that I want people to feel the way about it that I do, or like understand why I feel this way about this music and yeah. how you present that. Those tracks is like how you're gonna portray that track and how you're gonna like present it. It's all really interesting. I mean, that's where yeah. my path is from now. I mean, before it was like I want to throw parties, but like it's yeah, really right. it's really grown into like loving music so much and wanting to like share it with people and wanting to like share an experience over something that made me feel feel good or made me feel a certain type of way so yeah yeah same oh, that's beautiful it also gives you opportunities like oh my god listen to this amazing track everyone yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. hey i'm gonna expose you to love something it. deal with it yeah. love it yeah. um so as a as an artist with you know swana background uh what challenges have you both faced in the larger context of djs or like artists um you know where there's more white representation as with anything in this country i guess have you faced any of those kinds of challenges and what were they uh yeah sure i think so like the first thing that i can really think of because like we were just talking about it yesterday is the amount of french dudes making like middle eastern electronic music under names Bedouin. Khalija, or like yeah like Bedouin, like oh, name, uh, 
or like Pierre. You live in France. That like gets me like all the time. Like I'll be looking for a store or it'll be like flying carpet mix, Sandman blows in your face. Like, I don't know. Like it'll just be like stupid, like Aladdin with a sword. Just really dumb. Again, like bastardization. Interpretations and, of yeah, like Arabic. Yeah electronic music yeah. right yeah like so that's that's just like painfully annoying um but like the stuff that actually like gets to be like more i guess like frustrating is having to just be like a person of color in like a very like white centric scene in general mm-hmm. it's it's a problem like it's, it's definitely a problem like and like even nowadays with a lot of parties being branded as this is like a like a place for everyone yada yada like the people that book a lot of the time are still just like white people and like the people like even like throwing things are a lot of the time like white people and it's like i get it you can do things more easily when you're a white person and when you're a cis person even if like a gay dude like a white gay dude like you're still having like more handed to you like in the world it almost makes me feel like I'm riding on the coattails of white people constantly but at the same time like I have to because like this like system that ironically people of color have built musically for all these white people isn't made for us to be sustained within it yeah we've done like so much specifically like black people and like african like drum beats in general have done like so much for this parody and like bastardization that like white people have done but again like it just wasn't made for us to be able to flourish in right yeah totally it's kind of like one of the worst genres ever that in dance music world is tribal house mm-hmm. only oh because my god i just I just saw something about that on Instagram and I got really upset. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah. it's it's definitely just based off the fact that they hear like congas or like tablas or like something like right. that and they're like tribal and I'm just like, no, it's like, just you like have just no call idea. it like call it like percussive or something. You yeah, know? right, like, exactly. Just call it like house with congas in it, house with like different drums in it, like I'm white you know, and I have no like, idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, like what does even what does that even mean, tribal? Are you talking about a tribe? Right, what tribe are you like, talking like, about? That's when it becomes cultural appropriation and not appreciation. One of the hardest things too recently has been as far as just like being specifically Arabic and specifically like Arabic and Muslim, as far as like your family line goes, is um a lot of the issues with like festivals being thrown in Israel and like Tel Aviv and like other places and just like kind of the letdown of seeing like artists that you admire like taking gigs over there and just you know it's their own prerogative to care or not care about the things that I care about but it's just like that's definitely like super upsetting and like as far as just like getting along as like a person of color even though like I'm pretty white passing so I don't like consider myself having like a lot of the same issues that someone isn't like has that is totally that's debatable a, I'm that's just a big thing that's a big thing because that that's a conversation in and of itself. Yeah, I and I like, could like go on for that for hours. That but, could be a whole other podcast. Yeah, totally. But, but even so, just knowing who I am and whether regardless of like how I'm being perceived, it's mostly just being around people that like aren't aware of like things that you care about and and like are doing things that like hurt you and they aren't even aware of it. And so like that's definitely like a big part of what's being of like what's hard about being in this scene or being in like any scene in general, like being in the world, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just 
like, so I just like try to create awareness whenever and wherever I can. And yeah, and even though that doesn't really help, and sometimes it's can be it can seem like futile or whatever. It's just like, I don't know, it's definitely it definitely is something that I feel like I have to do to like at least cope with some of the dumb shit that I hear people yeah. say and I see people do. So yeah, right. You know, I think every little thing, every little, even if it's micro to us, or I don't know, I think it's all very important and vital because Ellie and I, we relate, we are both white passing. I mean, we're white passing. Like if people don't know our backgrounds, we could easily just sail by, you know, but we also realize it's important to talk about our identities because otherwise we are just perpetuating the problem. Let me tell you an example. So I was chilling at this afters, afters is in like an after party. And I was like playing some music by Feroz and it wasn't even, it was like a very Lebanese orchestra, slow ballad song. Like this white dude just comes out of nowhere and is like, can y'all just like turn off this Bollywood shit? Oh what the fuck? And if he knew, like, maybe my skin was a little bit darker, and if I looked more like whatever, you know, like, he wouldn't have said that. In my mind, I really feel that way. Like, and, but he, like, just said it, and I, like, you are so lucky right now. I am just gonna tell you that you are so wrong instead of scream and yell in your face. What I really wanna do is, like, slap you in the face. Oh but, like, God. you know, I was just, I was like, first of all, like, not even the right region where that this music is coming from. And second of all, even yeah. if his was Bollywood music, do you know? how fucking rude that is like right. just shut the fuck up yeah it's just like that type of shit is so frustrating and I totally feel like if I didn't look as white passing that those things wouldn't be said in front of me and I wouldn't have to deal with that. Also, like, I'm very grateful for, like, I'm very fortunate for also being white passing. It's like this weird, this weird thing in my head that, like, I think about all the time, but yeah. Yeah, it's, like we get it's, the... a, it's an interesting in-between because, yeah, people assume that we are safe to say this kind of shit around. And it's oh, that, like, that right. dude might as well have said that shit with anyone in the room, you know? Yeah. Like, who fucking knows? Like, just to say something so dumb, like, who knows what that idiot would have said. But it was, like, definitely... I feel like because I wear, like, hijab and stuff, it definitely, like, accentuate how, like, Middle Eastern, like, my face mm-hmm. is. But, like, I also have found being, like, white passing, like, especially because, like, my family just, like, assimilated to, like, Italian culture. It was, like, yeah. oh, they're just, like, you know, mayo with olive oil. Like, <laughs> yeah. Please never do that. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> one ever mixed those things. Well, actually, I think it's a thing. Is it really? Actually, I think so. Trump is president. I, I saw an article. Totally could be a thing. I saw an article today like shawarma was like Israeli street food like the world is upside down like it's <laughs> olive oil and mayo and, okay um, well but <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. yeah <laughs> But, like, then there's, like, the times where, like, I'll be, like, in hijab and, like, someone will just say some stupid shit to me. Or, like, I won't be and, like, someone will still say some stupid shit to me because my name's I and I go by Bana and, like, a lot of the time I just, like, write Arabic, like, on my stuff. And for some reason, like, there's this subculture of, like, white fuckboys with man buns <laughs> that will just target me at parties sometimes and just be like, oh, you, like, like when we played the, like, that one, like, me and Sarai went back to back at a party in Pittsburgh one time. Mm-hmm. and like played like a bunch of like middle eastern music and stuff like that there was this dude that came up to me like the weekend after and was just like well like you and your friend like that's like so cool like it's like so like different like it's, uh, like a like, Freudian slip away from being like you're so fucking exotic because you're already <laughs> yeah. like, you know like yeah. <laughs> 
like then there's like a weird shit like that where it's like okay like i have like what i call paisan passing privilege but at the (laughs) same at the same time don't even within like the like like i was saying earlier like if within like the like italian community everything just be like treated like another like that plays into it too because i don't know about you soraya but like when i was like a kid like i was just picked the fuck apart i loved because like when i was like younger i got like darker and stuff like that like in the summer and like my hair is what it is yeah i had like a mustache when i was like 11 and a unibrow and like really long hair on my legs yeah yeah um, like long leg also, hair like yeah out of nowhere i also had i don't want to say that this is like particularly because i'm lebanese or anything but i'm pretty sure i get it from my dad i had like an appetite like all the time like i was hungry all the time and like i got made fun of a lot for um i got called the human vacuum and i also and parents would like comment on how they need to like fill their pantry up if i was coming over and i'm like oh i'm literally God. a growing child like <laughs> I'm I'm just like my friends one time like made me a double decker peanut butter sandwich They're like we made this for you so you could like stop being hungry. i'm just a child like i'm just hungry yeah, like- <laughs> yeah it was just like kind of weird yeah yeah extent of like the bullying i had when i was younger was just i I don't know if it's necessarily because i was darker but that probably just played into it as far as me being always like a little bit thicker and like bigger when i was younger than like all of my friends yeah Yeah, we have curves yeah all of like my very white skinny friends yeah yeah being like you would be cuter if you like didn't have a chest yet like that was something that literally like one of my friends like said to me you know i'm fucking 12 like what what it was like that one particular friend would dissect me so hard because she herself was like a very white passing like mexican girl she like loved being white passing and would just like i'm going on like another little tangent yeah she she would just like be so mean she would be like you shouldn't like go outside for that long like because really brown like i i also have like a lot of like trauma in my background and like the one thing i will say about like like my experience of being like abused and stuff one thing that like my abuser would tell me was that i look dirty oh jesus oh wow yeah Yeah. i look dirty i remember like being like a teenager just like scrubbing my knees because my knees for some reason get darker than the rest of my life yeah 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 Yeah. and like i would be sitting there just like in the shower like scrubbing my knees that's just like Mm -hmm. i'm yeah, like that's that's awful. That's that piece of shit. Yeah, like, but that's like, I mean, that's totally relatable as a child. I mean, like, I definitely always knew that I looked really different, but I kind of felt like proud of it. I liked being different because I'm just like a Gemini, so I'm like, yeah, I'm different than y'all. But like, <laughs> I also wished I was like, I'm different, but I also wish I was like as skinny as y'all. Because like, this is kind Same, of awkward. Yeah, because like, <laughs> they're calling me ugly. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's so real though. Right. Yeah. I mean, even though I got that. It's like this one date, and she's like. Oh, you're so hot, but you'd be like model hot if you lost sixty pounds. Wow. Yeah. You look great. And that was the last date. Also, yeah. Ellie Ellie, <laughs> if you lost sixty pounds, I would be a little concerned. I feel like if like a lot of people were to lose like sixty pounds, like you would look like emaciated. Like yeah. Yes, I would. Exactly. The average person like doesn't need like bigger people don't need to lose just sixty pounds. Like that's like a lot. That's yeah, a lot. the obsession. That's a lot. The innocent exercise is totally like a crazy thing of like the past three generations of people yeah. living is just like the obsession with like fitness is like uh, insane like i feel like it's a very american thing yeah when i go but it's funny though because when i go to lebanon and i see 
or like when I see my grandmother, whether it's in Lebanon or in the States, I get picked apart for my weight. So like, cause I have a big ass. Curves. Hell yeah. High five. Like a big, I mean, I love my big ass, but Lebanese people don't like that. You and got like, a Haifa body. Yeah. I have a, I have a body like Haifa, but <laughs> minus the, the dodos, so the titas, but, but, um, uh, yeah. So that's kind of like a really interesting thing. I used to get picked apart by like my white friends when I was younger, but like growing up as I got older and like hit puberty it's like that's the second my teta was just like you need to lose weight you need to lose weight you're oh, too gosh. big your butt is too big but eat 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 Have yeah you, why eat why you know eat and it's just like because you just told me that i'm fat like yeah. what <laughs> like oh my god i bet i think almost everyone listening can relate to that same that conversation so hard when i was younger my grandma was like eat eat you're too thin and then shovel like all this like like rice and carbs and other good shit at me. And nowadays, like I can't visit my mom without being told, "Oh, you've lost weight. You should lose some more." Oh my gosh. Yeah. My family definitely yeah. very like weight obsessed. My father is, and my grandmother is. My aunt. She was just like I. I just got told so many times. My aunt works out two hours a day, and I and I was just like, "Do you want me to do that too? Because I'm not going to do that." Holy like, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Who has like, two hours a day to like? Yeah, who has that time even? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. thing that I love about like Kurds, like in general, like is just like no one gives a fuck about anything. Like you can like dress however you want. You can like get as much plastic surgery or not. Fuck yeah. A ton of fucking makeup or not. Literally look like you know like what's considered like a village person or look like a Kurdish Haifa and like you're still like good to go. I love it. My like I call them my my like adopted Iraqi family. Um, they're from. From Kirkuk originally, which is considered Iraqi Kurdistan. Yeah, that's up in the north, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's northern Iraq. Um, they they're very convoluted, also in their identity as Kurds. They're definitely like, oh no, we're Arab, but like my dad speaks Kurdish and won't teach it to me. Oh. And I'm just that sounds Kurdish, but okay. Parents knowing a language and won't teach it to you is kind of a running thing with everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's about inner the like my dad never spoke Arabic. Yeah, yeah. He never spoke Arabic test growing up. And he gets so much shit for it now when we go to Beirut. Like so much shit. Because none of my family in Beirut, they don't want to talk in English. Yeah. It's like exhausting for them. But yeah, so Kurds, like my Iraqi like family and stuff like that, like they're just like thick as hell and just like not giving any fucks. Wearing like super like Fatima, like my like my Iraqi mom, like, she, like, has me, like, call her mom. She's crazy, and I love Aww. her. She is, like, very, like, curvy, big-chested, like, and, like, wears, like, the tightest clothing on, like, the face of the year. She'll wear, like, leggings and just, like, a really tight jersey-type shirt, oh like, material, gosh. and, like, Hell and, yeah. accentuated. And I she's just it. like, yeah, I own a fucking business. My husband has no say in what I do here. My kids all have my last name. Like, she's just, like, running. Fuck shit. yeah, I love her already. She's amazing. Like, Can I, she be my other mom? Can she be our moms, too? Will you probably, share her? Probably would be. It's all gonna Cleveland. Yeah, we're all gonna come co-op that mom. I hope you don't mind sharing her. Fine, yeah. <laughs> um, before we wrap this up, can um, you... Oh, go ahead, Ellie. I also want to ask... Uh, as female and non-binary respectively like have you ever been like not taken seriously because you show up and are female slash non-binary like you show up at a thing and they're like oh we're expecting this dj are you their girlfriend or whatever well no because no one in 
you usually get booked specifically like they know who you are they're booking yeah. you they're booking you for a thing like that's the type of things that i and i play um i'm sure it'd be different if it was like some crazy club or something like that like yeah, a big a big mainstream club but within like our kind of like little underground world it's like you're specifically getting booked for who you are yeah. and they want exactly you to play so that's it's actually really really awesome when you get asked to play um being a woman or and being non-binary specifically because it's just like cool yeah like they specifically want us to play but sometimes it kind of sucks when you get booked because you're a woman or because you're non-binary or because you're middle eastern yeah like i've definitely like gotten offers for shit like that where like i'll be somewhere like in a hijab or like just like doing what i do and like some random white dude will like pop up there's this, like, white dude who wanted me to, like, do a night at, like, the, uh, the art museum in Cleveland. He literally, without fucking skipping a beat, was like, we need more diversity. You oh, should sign God. up. And I was just, uh, Yeah, that shit. No. That shit nope. is just, no. Nope. When nope. it's, like, really this or when it's, like, literally being blatantly told to you, it's yeah, just, like, like uh, like, mm, that I'd rather you book art, not for my, Right, my... like, to check off a box in, like, your, like, you did right, it, like, yeah. chart. Which is, like, totally a thing. And, you know, not to say that I, it's, you know, I wouldn't take a gig because of that. Because, like, sometimes it's just, like, uh, this is at a cool club. Uh, the money's tight. Uh, I kind of feel like playing. Like, I'll totally take it. But sometimes it's just, like, sucks when you, like, know you're getting booked for, like, yeah. a specific reason. Yeah. You know? Uh, or yeah. Like, me playing to, like, ten white people. And, like, them at the end of it walking up to me and being, like, are you Indian? Which has happened <laughs> My before. God. Which is literally, I've, like, sung in Kurdish in front of people. And having, because I make, like, my, like, own music, too, and, like, do, like, live, like, vocals and stuff. And, like, I've literally, like, done, like, mostly a set in Kurdish and have this, like, old-ass white dude walk up to me and be like, are you Indian? And I was like, are are you fucking kidding? You had just sung in Kurdish, too. It's like, aren't you ashamed (laughs) of your ignorance, sir? Like, even a little? Yeah. Or scales. It's Indian also... scales, Kurdish scales, completely fucking different. Learn your like, scales, people. Learn, learn your scales, <laughs> white people. Oh, different maqams and stuff. I'm just yeah. like, come on. Really? I know. It's, I guess all brown people are the same, right? And like, yeah, I, to- yeah. I totally. Yeah, totally. But don't worry, we're the good ones. Right, right. Oh, uh, yeah, the Indian thing is just like really throwing me because, for one. Like, people like, like, ask you that when i was wearing that um i have like this like egyptian like dress thing that i was like wearing to like a rave one time that we were at and like mm-hmm. dude i think you were in the bathroom or something okay. but like this white dude came up to me again like an old ass white dude and was just like where's your dress from and i was like egypt and he was like i was gonna say india i was close i was like <laughs> oh almost the same totally the same totally the same totally same continent like, are you kidding me oh my god there's at you least know, and there's at least two like you know cradle of civilization areas between them right uh, that's right. so true there's there's like no almost no cultural oh, lead over to like wild. recently yeah what the fuck um ugh, i just yeah I know, that kind of ignorance is just obnoxious. It's like you have so much information at your fingertips and you're still making this stuff. Um, but You literally have, like, most of us have literal access to the sum total knowledge of humanity and yet you still say this shit. At fingertips. And you If you're, like, someone who's, like, thinking about these dresses and talking about them and looking them up and being like, I'm close, and, like, going up to someone and, like, asking them about it in a fucking public place... Like, I know you're, like, on the computer sometimes. Like, come on. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, like research some shit. Yeah, like what? Like, like oh my god, like, research what? The <laughs> place like Google something. Like come on. No, Jesus. no, 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 Ugh. no. It's it's. <laughs> It's like a very specific white privilege where they're like, they go up yeah. to you and ask you and then they're offended if they're, you're like, nah, I don't feel like explaining this to you. Please go look it up if you really want to know. Yeah. They're like, well, I'm just trying to learn. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Google. They feel entitled to like your time and like your energy and like, cause they're just like entitled to like so many other things in the world. They're exactly. Like, it's like, oh, well you, you should teach me. You should take out time and teach me. Well, I'll pay me, bitch. I don't know. Just like, also, how do you feel comfortable like asking people like things like that? I don't. Know. I wish I lived a life where like I was just like that comfortable. Like, yeah. I don't know if you're complimenting like a stranger, like my on, friends, like, their clothes. Yeah, like yeah. literally, like how do you feel comfortable doing that to like my friends sometimes? And like, how do you feel comfortable walking up to a complete stranger and asking them where their fucking clothes are from? Right. One time at this club, and this girl was literally asking me who I was texting. It was like this, like what? <laughs> what the fuck? You're like, who are you? My father. Like, I'm texting. She was like, I just want you to dance. Like, get off your phone. I'm like, go away. I'm texting yeah. my imam right now. Actually, I'm talking to the closest local sheikh. She was like, like I totally you're texting your man. Like, I totally get that. Like, I totally understand you're texting your man. I'm like, oh, my God. You've got to get out of my face. I can't. No. Like, I just know. Like, it's not something I do with life. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. I just Ugh. Um. So where can I guess, we like, where can we find your stuff? No, I want to ask one more thing. Oh, fine. I want to ask thing. one more thing. What? <laughs> who do you guys do to like have other queer Swana musicians and DJs who have inspired you and who are they? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, one of my favorites. Her moniker is Burgeonist, and her music is really really cool. Oh. Bergsonist. Bergsonist. Sorry, I'm only saying wrong. Um, she cool. she's like constantly making music. It seems like so. If you like, yeah. go, if you go to her Bandcamp, I can send you a link. Yeah, that'd be great. It'll be linked in our page, folks. If you want to go check out it out. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Thank. Um, her music is really cool. Um, um, there's also all these DJs in Palestine right now that are like super inspiring. Um, there's Jazar Crew. Um, they're literally doing stuff in Palestine in Ramallah and they're also like going over the gate or going over like the border into Israel and doing a bunch of like undergrounds in there too and they have like um they have a boiler room and like an NTS mix they have like a bunch of mixes on their SoundCloud I'll send a link to that and um I can also send a link to like that documentary um Mm -hmm. oh yes yeah underground yeah Yeah. and it'll like totally give you a list of people to look up in Palestine, so I will link that as well. Oh, thank you. And then, um, as far as like people like mentionables, I I think Club Chai is definitely like a big. I don't know. I really like what they do. Yeah, Club Chai is sick. Yeah, I, they I do a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, Lara, nice. who goes by Fuzul, um, just released her first uh EP, and Esra, the other one is um. Bolentina, um, which yeah, we'll link you to like all of that. Awesome. They're both, uh, I think Lara is Armenian and um, Esra is Turkish. Ooh, so, cool. And then like Selwa, like Bersinus is Moroccan. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's, uh, there's Zainab, who's Thum. She's from, she's, she's Lebanese. Yeah, she's Lebanese and she lives but, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, she lives in Chicago. I think she's also like Palestine. Yeah. Oh, and okay. then the, my friend uh, Amanda, this girl oh, that Abdullah. I know in Cleveland. Oh, yeah, like Abdullah. <laughs> Abdullah. Hello. Hello. Um, Our okay. fucking bro. <laughs> so it's like, like 
Amanda goes by Almanac. Well, uh, she's Palestinian. We're gonna well, link you to but, all of this. Yeah. Yay. But then there's like my brother and one of my favorite people on this godforsaken earth, Abdullah. He goes by Sayara Hamra and Rawat, but he runs a label called Crisis Urbana, and it's out of Detroit. He lives in Hamtramck, so he's, like, surrounded by the people in uh, Dearborn. We all call him, like, the Prince of Dearborn. <laughs> I love that. EJ Yeah, producer. but, like, the most humble person on the face of totally. the earth. That, like, Aww. if he knew and, like, going off about him would he's be, like... He's going so high. Yeah, like, he's like, <laughs> Oh, my God. He's very uncomfortable. I hope he hears this, then. <laughs> uh, but he's putting out my um, EP that I'm, like, almost done with called ancestor syndrome Nirvana. so that that should be cool for this oh. year yeah. this year's gonna be sick yeah oh i can't wait to like see your work that comes out where can people find you by the way both of you um i'm on soundcloud my my like what is it my soundcloud handle is dana dash chicago so oh, okay it, yeah oh. that's a that's an underscore no not the underscore but the small one that isn't the underscore the little is it like the hyphen type thing? <laughs> Pointing at my keyboard, like, Ayn, what is that? Yeah. Dana, Dana that, uh, dash Chicago. Mine is, um, I have a SoundCloud as well. And mine, I, I'll, I'll link you to it. Yeah. And you can put that because it's, um, the username is like Fena Felahim. Um, because my family are just generations and generations of like farmers. So. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that's the Felahim part, but I just I go by Fena. It. I love uh, it. I like that you incorporated that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then are you on social media for people to follow you? Yeah. We both have uh, Instagrams. In- Instagram. 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 Have- do you have do you have WhatsApp? Yes, <laughs> of course. WhatsApp is the place for gossip. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine is Fana underscore um, Soraya. So yeah, that's it. Uh, Fana period. <laughs> and then four underscores. Yeah, actually, I think mine. Wait, is what? Fena oh my god! Just go to our website and click the yeah. link. We'll, we'll, la- we'll tag them. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. This this episode's gonna come out on Friday, so we're excited too. <laughs> um, and everyone, you can follow us on the on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're at the Queer Arabs. We are on. We have our website, thequeerarabs.com, and our Arabic side of the podcast is run by our other co-host named Ahmed. It's you can reach him at the Queer Arabs in Arabic at gmail.com, and then you can reach us at uh, the Queer Arabs at gmail.com. Wait, did I say at Gmail for the Ahmed is the Queer Arabs in Arabic at gmail.com in case I said that wrong. So <laughs> you said it right. <laughs> oh, I felt like I did it. You just, you know, you said it twice. Just yeah, so just for emphasis. <laughs> Later. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so so much. So much fun. Yalla this bye. Awesome. Yalla, Yalla bye, everyone. Yalla And that clip was from Fauna's uh, Hive-like EP.